You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. It's great to be together. It's great to hear about our family churches. We are going to continue our series from uh, the book of 1 Peter 3, if you want to go ahead and be turning over there in your Bible. Uh, we're doing a series called Greater Worth Than Gold that's based on uh, 1 Peter, and we're picking up where we uh, left off two weeks ago with Dave Atkins preaching, uh, once we got the right video on. Um, now, in, in our defense, he was wearing the exact same uh, shirt. Well, he says it's a different black shirt, but it looked identical, and he was standing in the exact same place uh, in the same room on those two videos. So I am sorry that we started with the wrong video, uh, but when, once we got to hear the correct lesson, um, we're going to start where we, where we left off with Dave two weeks ago. So if you want to go and be turning over there, the title of the lesson today is In the Same Way. It comes from uh, 1 Peter 3, verse 1. It says, wives in the same way, and then it talks about wives. And then a little bit uh, farther down in, in verse 7, it says, husbands in the same way. Uh, so what does that mean, the same way? Who is he talking about? Uh, well, he's. if you back up, it talks in, in verse 13 of chapter 2, uh, uh, Dave talked about this two weeks ago. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. And Dave talked about this in verse 18. It says, slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourself to your masters. Now, in the, in the Roman Empire, um, half of the uh, Roman Empire was slaves. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the Christians were most likely slaves. We could kind of make the translate. It wasn't a, a racial slavery, and it was a slavery that people went in and out of. So it was different than American slavery, but it was slavery nonetheless. And um, uh, th this is something that is not commended by the Bible or not supported by the Bible. So I want to be clear about that, but it was a fact of their culture. So um, Peter is talking about if you are a slave, what kind, you know, what do we do? So our, it would translate to us to, to being employees. What kind of employee do we need to do? To be and he, and he talks about uh, bearing up under unjust suffering. So even if uh, you have a, a an employer who's harsh, you still need to be a great employee. And and, and all that points us to Jesus. He says in verse twenty one, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So in the same way, when he talks about wives and talks about husbands and talks about all of us, as we're going to get to in a minute, he's talking about Jesus. We need to be like Jesus. So the takeaway today is going to be being like Jesus makes us all better. Being like Jesus makes us all better. Um, you know, imitating someone is is uh, really a, a, one of the best ways to grow. Um, I'm an artist and a musician, and when you're first learning art or you're first learning music, you begin by imitation. You begin by trying to do it the same way, uh, trying to to to, to emulate. Um, uh, in order to grow. And uh, Cora was telling me about this new thing on TikTok. She showed me one. She, so um, if you don't know what TikTok is, it, it's these little videos and mostly they're funny. Uh, I, I don't know too much about it, but um, but the kids do, you know, teenagers do. So there's this new thing where you, you make a meme um, and the punchline of the meme is an album cover. And so you have the question or the beginning of the meme, and then you set yourself up to imitate the album cover. So you make it in the same way as the album cover. So, for example, this is one where the kid says, when your mom walks into the kitchen at 3 a.m. and asks what you're doing, and then uh, I'll just show you the video here.
So if you see, he's uh, setting up himself to look like this album cover, and the album is just snacking, I think, something like that. Anyway, Cora was going to do that, had that exact same idea, and was setting herself up to make that video, and then some, this, this kid stole her idea, so uh, she gets credit. But anyway, uh, we're talking about imitating Jesus in our relationships today, being like Jesus in the same way as Jesus in our relationships today. Um, you know, quarantine has a way of bringing out um, all the sides of us, doesn't it? Uh, uh, whoever it is that you are sharing a home with right now is seeing uh, the best and the worst of you. And um, it is easy for us to get self-focused. It is easy for us to be uh, into, you know, into how things uh, are for us. I know, uh, you know, for, for me, I was getting a little self-focused and uh, because I was getting self-focused, I, I said something to Dessa this week, like, um, you know, I was feeling like she was bothered by the stuff I was doing. So I said something to her, like, everything I'm doing is bothering you right now. And I was trying to be kind of light or silly about it, but obviously that didn't go over too well. Everything I'm doing is bothering you. It's not, <laughs> it's not a very nice thing to say to your wife. And so she, uh, you know, she talked to me about how that made her feel. And then I, you know, we, we had a good talk about it. And, uh, for the most part, everybody in our household has been getting along, but, uh, but we can all get self-focused and it can be easy for us to be like, Hey, doesn't anybody else notice I'm the one doing all the dishes or, um, nobody's calling me right now during quarantine, or maybe too many people are calling me right now. They don't understand. I need space. I don't know. Whatever it is, we can get self-focused. And, um, you know, my, my wife is amazing and uh, she has uh, really uh, been doing so much for our household. Uh, so it was wrong of me to to uh, to, to be self-focused, uh, you know, instead of just focusing on maybe if I was feeling like I was bothering her, I should have started by saying, hey, are you OK? Or what's you know, is there something that's bothering you or, you know, and then once we talked about it, OK, I understood more. Uh, what was going on. But so we're going to be talking about wives, husbands, and all of us, uh, our relationships being like Jesus in our relationships. So stay with me as we read here. Some of this is, if you're new to the Bible uh, or, uh, or new to Christianity, I will say that some of this is not politically correct in our day and time, but it is, um, it is of God. And I think it really works if you are applying it in the right way. I'm not saying some of these scriptures can be misapplied, but I think the way that we're going to look at them and, and, and I think the way they originally intended, uh, God knows what he's doing in our relationships. Amen. So 1 Peter 3, uh, it says, Wives in the same way, so the same way as Jesus, same way as um, submitting to the governing authorities, same way as sub submitting to your employer, in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as uh, elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So uh, again, the context here, in First uh, Peter three, uh, as uh, Dave talked about, is uh, it's under Roman occupation. Israel is under uh, Roman rule, and um, you know it's a pagan society, very ungodly society. 
And so Peter is really about living godly lives in a pagan society. We're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be different. And this is a time of, uh, of trial. It's a time of persecution. It's a time of uncertain future. Um, and, and so Peter's encouraging the, uh, the Christians uh, there in the first century what kind of lives they need to live. And he tells the wives that in the same way as Jesus, the same uh, being like Jesus um, should allow you to uh, be a great wife, even if your husband is not a Christian. Even if your spouse doesn't believe in God, he could be won over to God because of your example. Now that's a, that's a challenge. Why? Because um, every husband and every wife relationship, we all go through these things where uh, usually what it is is the husband is not feeling respected and the wife is not feeling loved. The husband is not feeling like, um, you know, what he does matters or, or he, he, he doesn't feel valued. He doesn't feel uh, appreciated. And the wife doesn't feel valued, doesn't feel appreciated. She feels um, uh, uh, un not listened to or not uh, like her needs aren't being met. Or, you know, though, and what happens is you get in this cycle where the husband is pointing the finger at the wife and the wife is pointing the finger at the husband and you get in the locked in this you know, a, a downward spiral, uh, right? Um, that's what happens in worldly relationships. It, w it is what can happen with Christians if we don't keep our focus on Jesus. And so Peter is saying, he's taking away that excuse because he's saying, even if your spouse is not a Christian, this is who you need to be. How, how can I be that? By looking to Jesus, by uh, uh, trusting like Jesus trusts God, having that kind of trust in God allows you to be the supportive wife that God has called you to be, to be a fan of your husband, to be supportive of your husband, to build him up, to follow his lead. Again, that doesn't come, that's not popular in our society. That, you don't see that on our uh, sitcoms. You know, to, to be a fan of your husband, that goes against our cultural grain, right? Our, our culture is to tear down your husband, to, to make fun of your husband, to, you know, talk to your girlfriends about his, you know, how annoying he is or whatever. It, it takes self-denial and it takes trust in God to, to let go and, and build him up, right? Even if you don't feel like he is worthy of building it up. And then he, he talks about beauty coming from uh, our, our inner beauty. And there is nothing uh, more attractive than a godly woman. And he, he, when he's saying, don't let your beauty come from these outer things, he's not saying, don't uh, make yourself look good. Don't uh, use beauty products. He's not saying that. He's just saying your beauty shouldn't come from those outer things that, are, that fade, right? We all know, uh, especially living in Los Angeles, uh, we know how how Hollywood looks at 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 that stuff, right? Uh, it's such a we know in our in our city, it's such a brief window for an actress to get work, right? Because we're so shallow in the way that we view women in our entertainment, and yet the God God's plan is different. Uh, God's plan is for beauty to come from somewhere else. And husbands, it says in verse seven, husbands in the same way, be considerate, be considerate at your as you live with your wives. Now stay with me for this part. This part is not politically correct, okay? Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Especially wives, stay with me, okay? Um, so, so what does that mean? Treat them with respect. Okay, we got the respect part I like, the considerate part, okay? Uh, right, and the great their co-heirs with the gracious gift. What is he talking about? First of all, her husbands, and and there's a great passage in Ephesians five. I encourage you to to study for the husbands. 
He's saying that you put her needs above your own. You be considerate of her, uh, of her. You respect her. And this, it's translated weaker partner. Some, some translations have a little footnote and they say, or vessel, weaker vessel. What it's talking about is, let me give you an analogy. Okay, so if I show you these two things that are for holding water, which would be the husband and which would be the wife? Right? So this one is is weaker in that it, it it's fragile, right? It's not made of the same material as this one. So that, that's what he's talking about is made it, it now is this one less valuable or more valuable than this one? Um, this piece of fine china or this Knott's Berry Farm uh, water bottle. Now you do get 99 cent refills if you go to knots with this, which I don't think you do with this one. But uh, yeah, they're made of different material. And so this one, I can just toss it around. This one, not so much, right? I, this is Cora's. Actually, I had to be very careful and carry it down here with both hands because it's fragile, right? I don't treat it the same way. And so we don't treat our wives like you do just some other guy, right? When I told my wife, hey, it seems like everything I'm doing is bothering you right now. That was not treating her with respect and being considerate of her as this piece of fine china. Does that make sense? So we're different and, and you know, the world will try to say we're the same men and women are just the same or husband, you know, we're not, we're made of different material. We have a different makeup. We have a different brain. We have a different way of seeing things. And so we got to be considerate. And, and so in the same way as uh, Jesus like trust in God allows you wives to be a fan of your, of your husband and to build them up and be supportive. Husbands, Jesus-like love for God allows you to love, cherish, listen to, value your wife, put her needs above your own, even when um, you don't feel like doing it, right? Why? Because of God, because God is greater than whatever your situation is. Think about it. You know, we don't want to, I know husbands who want to, you know, when you're in an argument, you want to, you, you don't want to, you want to go, okay, well, yeah, I'll take I'll take 40% of the blame or okay, I'll take 55% of the blame. I'll even take 65% of the blame, but she's got to own this part. Is that what Jesus did? Is that how Jesus loved us? Jesus took 100% of the blame when he hung on the cross, right? He took complete ownership. He took complete leadership of the relationship. And that's what we're called to do as husbands. Um, and he says, your, your walk with God is tied up in this husbands. He says, you know, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. You got to, 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 to have this kind of posture with your wife. It doesn't matter whether she's respectful or not. You know, the, the part earlier about the wives, that's their responsibility. It doesn't say husbands, uh, in Ephesians five, it doesn't say husbands lead your wives. It doesn't say husbands make your wives submit. It says husbands love your wives here. It says husbands be considerate. And it says husbands treat them with respect. That's your only job husbands. As far as being submissive or not being submissive, that's her job, whether or not she decides to follow God and do that herself. Your job is your part. So it helps if we each stick to our own part. Does that make sense? And then he says in verse 8, Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Let me say that again. Repay evil with what? with blessing so that you may inherit a blessing. You know, for all of us, whether you're married or not married, 
we need to have a Jesus-like mindset in all of our relationships. Uh, being sympathetic, being others first, having love and compassion and humility. We need to take the focus off ourselves and put it on God and put it on others. And you know what? That is easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, there's probably nobody that's listening to this that disagrees with me, that goes, oh, no, that's crazy. That's wrong. We shouldn't be other-centered. No, everybody says that. Everybody believes that. But it's easier said than done, right? How do you know uh, if you're obeying this? When do you get to obey it? When do you get to obey this passage right here? When you are wronged. When uh, evil is done against you. You don't know if you're going to repay evil for evil until somebody does evil to you, right? So those are the opportunities that even in quarantine right now, when you get wronged in your household, when somebody hurts your feelings, that's an opportunity for you to Put this thing into practice to be like Jesus, to be selfless. Selflessness brings out the best in us and it brings out the best in others. Being like Jesus makes everyone better. Being like Jesus makes everyone better. Now, how did Jesus do it? You know, because when you are wronged, again, like I said, it's easy to, to say these things, easy to believe these things until you are wronged. And then it's like, whoa, I want to pay them back or oh, I want them to see how much they hurt me or I want to rub their face in there. You know, it's so hard to not retaliate. And so in between what someone does to you and your response is a space. It's a decision. It's a it's a moment to go. How will I respond? It's a, it. it and, and what do you do in that space? What did Jesus do in that space? Well, back up and look. In, uh, in, in chapter 2, it says, verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, what, what, how did he respond? What, was the, what did he do in that space? He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Okay, so we know this. This is who Jesus was. He's hanging on the cross and he's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And as they're mocking, here's a man who's been tortured and is hanging there in pain, and they're still mocking him and saying, oh, come down from the cross, then we'll believe in you. You know, if Jesus had hung up there and, and said, oh, you'll see, you'll get it, you know, just wait till the end, you know, hell's going to be really bad for you. <laughs> that wouldn't be Jesus, right? Uh, you know, he, he, he responded in love. He responded in, in blessing, right? When he was persecuted, when he was crushed, when he was... Uh, uh, when he suffered, it says he made no threats. He didn't retaliate. How was he able to do that? And Dave talked about this two weeks ago. It says, instead, in verse 23, second half, instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bare our sins in his body on the cross. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In that space between being wronged and how he chose to respond, Jesus took that to the to God, and he took that to, to the Father and said, I trust you. I trust your justice, God. You see and you know you're bigger than this, right? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know you know what they're doing. Um, and so that's that's the only way to be like Jesus is to, to it, you got to go to God. you got to have a great relationship with God. You've got to trust the one who judges justly. You have to be able to take those things uh, to God. And obviously, we've all got a ways to go. But I hope today you can make a decision in your relationships to be more like Jesus in the same way. Because being like Jesus makes everyone better. Amen? So I'm going to uh, say a prayer for communion. Before we do that, we're going to read just the last part of this uh, chapter. There's an interesting part about um, Jesus uh, talking to 
spirits that disobeyed during the time of Noah and stuff. We won't get to that. That's another another topic for another time. It's an interesting and strange passage. But we'll read the part about our response to Jesus. And But before we do that, um, I want to just encourage you to, um, you know, make a decision to, to what's a way that you can be more like Jesus and kind of meditate on that as you take communion today. What What's one way that you go, I want to do this in the same way as Jesus? And, uh, and just kind of exhale for a minute and uh, take a beat and uh, listen to this passage before uh, you take communion. And I'll play a little bit of, uh, of musical reflection and then uh, we'll be led in another song by the London Church. Um, but, uh, but let's read this and then pray for communion. It says, and he quotes a psalm here, verse 10, Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Or another uh, other way, translation is, do not fear what they fear, you know, during this time of coronavirus. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed in their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that's you and me, to bring you to God. Amen. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Let's pray for communion. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for his body uh, given for us. Thank you for his blood. Thank you for this time uh, to take the bread and to take the cup and to remember his body and blood given for us. Bless our time of meditation and remembrance. And I pray, God, that each one of us can, can be more like Jesus in our relationships uh, during this time. I pray that we can imitate him in the way that we love and the compassion that we show and the way we don't repay evil for evil and the way that we uh, uh, just reflect Christ to one another in our households and, and in our communities. I pray for uh, our world right now. I pray for the battle against the coronavirus, God. I pray uh, for a, a, a cure for, for a, um, uh, the, those in positions of authority to make good decisions about um, how we should handle uh, the next few months and and just guide us father we we want uh for minimal amount of people to die and father we want uh for for, for us we want to be a light to a, a lost world during this time and i just pray that you'd use us um during this dark time um uh, thank you for uh, this time to be together on the live stream uh, and this time to share in communion it's in jesus name we pray amen thanks for listening to the south bay church podcast for other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.